0: Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth from Heels in the Courtroom. We have a lot of new listeners who may have missed some of our earlier podcasts, so we thought we'd drop one of our favorite episodes for an encore presentation. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Enjoy! Welcome back to
2: Heels in the Courtroom, everyone. Today, Amy Gunn and I, Erica Slater, are talking about the difference between aggressive versus assertive, and we'll get the
0: conversation started, and Mary Timmerman is joining us soon. So I will start because it took me a while to understand the difference. I went to a seminar a number of years ago. It was not a legal seminar. It was just a women in business seminar. Of course, I'm not going to remember the the topic of the day, but what I took away from it was, in fact, there is a difference between being aggressive and being assertive with the import that being aggressive is bad and being assertive is perfect. And so it dawned on me at that time that part of what we have to do as women trial attorneys, and this goes for a lot of different professions, obviously, but because we are in a profession that can get hostile, with your advocacy, whether it's in front of a judge or on the phone, whether it's with a client sometimes, or opposing counsel, or even your own partners, we have a hard job to do. We have big and difficult decisions to make, and sometimes getting there can be messy. So what is the best way to accomplish the goal, which to me is always uh, always to win, I mean always to win? Mm -hmm. And it just made me think a lot about how I act in general. And so I've got a situation where someone, let's say it's a man, is engaging in either in front of a judge or just on the phone or having some sort of dispute and in my opinion is being aggressive. I have two choices. I can be aggressive back. There's no oh, she's just advocating aggressively for her client or that zealous advocacy. We don't, in my humble opinion, we don't have that luxury. We're not afforded that. If you're anything other than polite and deferential, agreeable, z- agreeable, then you're hard to get along with. You're kind of rough around the edges, and we all know what that means. So I don't ever like to give opponents any, I just don't like to give opponents any leeway with that. And so I'm, I find myself constantly measuring my response in every situation, with a judge, with an opposing counsel, with a client, anywhere that it gets where tensions are high or are going up. And what I try to live by is respond, don't react. Because a reaction is allowing your emotions to respond for you that those are reactions that you can potentially regret. And I don't ever like to create situations that, uh, that are bad from my own making. Those are the emails
2: that get attached as an exhibit to emotion to the judge,
0: which I have seen before, not from myself, but I think I don't ever want to be in that position, but it is, it can be exhausting because it just feels like as a woman, because we don't have any leeway because we're not afforded any benefit of the doubt. It is something that we have to be in control of all the time. Yeah. And my experience
2: with that has always been, I'm not very good at knowing exactly what I want to say when I'm provoked. I, I think I'm still kind of stunned sometimes if somebody gets in my face or I have that emotional reaction and my brain goes to mush sometimes with that emotion, which is usually anger. And I never say what I want to say. So if somebody gets in my face or is trying to agitate me or provoke me on purpose, I get real soft and I start talking much slower. And quite frankly, that's easier for me as far as meeting the goal of actually saying what you want to say or getting the effect that you want to get. Mostly because it usually disarms someone or cools down the conversation. And I see that as more assertive than, you know, obviously not aggressive to calm down and slow down and talk real slow. So that's, that's how I get through that situation. At least at this stage, I think that that will continue to develop and progress as I get older and practice and more confident in just situations like that.
0: I feel like I've gotten better at it and I don't know if it's because I can see it coming better now that I've been through more of those situations, you can kind of plan for it. You can remind yourself, okay, this might be one of those situations that gets kind of tense, so be prepared for that. But I, I have a physical reaction still, even now, a physical reaction to conflict. And I don't know that many people would notice it because I work hard to monitor it and to tamp it down. But I can feel my heart rate go up. I can feel my palms sweating a little bit. And I, I, I shake. I will shake. I've learned to appreciate it because I think it's, it's not weakness. Okay, this is what I tell myself. This is not weakness. This is your body telling you, get ready to fight. You're fighting, whether it's for yourself or your client or whatever is happening. And I've learned to appreciate it because it's the early warning sign. Because it always precedes this reaction that I can control. I maybe can't control the heart rate going up or the shaking, but I can control my reaction to it. So if your adrenaline is coming up and you feel that and you recognize where you're going with that, then I do the same thing. I kind of take a break. I take a breath. I will sigh. And then that's kind of fun because then the other side's like, what's getting ready to happen? Uh (laughs) You stop. I look. It's like like, reeling
2: back on a catapult, like watch out. Yeah.
0: I will literally like put down my pen, put my hands on the dais or wherever we are on the little table, on the little bench, and just kind of bow your head. Like I am so disappointed in what what I was just accused of. And you don't have to say anything. But there's a lot of nonverbals that you can use to signal to your opposing counsel or to the judge or whoever's watching you that this this is not right. And if you can control yourself, you can address it later. And oftentimes what I'll say is, Judge, I'd like to go back to Mr. Blah Blah's statement just a few minutes ago. I just can't disagree more with the characterization of my actions or whatever it was that I was maligned about. But the part about being a woman is also a complicating factor because you're not given the benefit of the doubt. You're not forgiven because, you know, you just got aggressive or emotional that day because that's what you can do and get away with it. We are not given that luxury. So once you recognize that, It really is the only thing to do is to pause and respond in a real measured way. And plus, with our voices, we get shrill. We, I can get shrill and no one gives you any credit. I mean, that's just the worst, right? Mm -hmm. And a man could get angry and still keep a real nice baritone voice (laughs) and still sound sophisticated. But a woman, all of a sudden, it's like a dog whistle. So I think there's so many things that just make it, it makes it, More difficult in that situation, but so much more worth it when you learn how to just control it and and just take control of the situation.
2: I will say, too, that another one of my favorite tools in the toolbox when you're dealing with this situation is even when you're, if you use that tactic of calming down or talking slow, especially if you're being attacked, maybe it's a deposition and another lawyer wants to intimidate you and that's what you're responding to, that's pretty common. Often, if you do slow down like that and it doesn't calm the room, you might get interrupted. And especially as a young lawyer, my favorite phrase to keep in my pocket is to pause again and say, please do not interrupt me. Mm -hmm. I'm almost finished. Yeah. (laughs) You don't even have to add that last part. You can just say, please don't interrupt me. Yeah. And that works in front of a judge. If it's polite, most judges do not like to see opposing counsel interrupting each other to start with. And if you find yourself in that situation, I think it's so important to stay engaged with the judge and not turn your head and engage with the opposing counsel. Agreed. Keep eye contact with the judge if you are being berated. I I mean, how many times have we all stood there and been looking at the judge while another opposing counsel is looking at you? Right. (laughs) Just looking at your ear, yelling at you (laughs) or saying, oh, they didn't do this and didn't do that. And I've never found that the judge chimes in and starts berating me as well usually the professionalism wins the day there. And at least whether there's any merit to what they're saying, the professionalism is what carries the day for you. And even if you don't win the motion or argument. And that's
0: that's the takeaway that you really want to the bench and to the bar. And there's also a practical reason. If people think they can get your goat, they're going to do it. I mean, this is what I tell clients in a deposition: Don't take the bait if they're if they're being rude or aggressive in some of their questions. don't Don't play. And it's not just the polite thing to do, but it's the politi- politically and professionally savvy thing to do. It's not very satisfying in the moment because you want to yell and scream, and there's some immediate reaction that makes you feel like ah, I told them. And and I've had situations where you kind of don't follow your own rules, and then you read the transcript later, and you're, you're embarrassed. Yeah, sure, I was provoked, but I didn't follow my own rules.
2: The other thing that's important about that is when you respond slowly and the way you want to, there's also a little bit of shaming the other side for the way that they are acting. They should feel foolish in how they're responding. And especially if you have to ask someone to not interrupt you. Right. I'm not a big fan of shame in other areas of my life, but I will use it to my advantage <laughs> when someone is trying to intimidate me. And I think that goes a long way too.
0: And I think it's playing the long game. The short game is to react and to have a satisfying shouting match with someone, a curse and whatever it is. But in this practice... We all should be playing the long game. And if you're known as someone who's hot-headed, and somebody can get your goat by just saying a couple of words, like, how does that help your client? How does that help your reputation? Because I know that the result will be twice as bad for me than it would be for my male colleague. And so it's just made me more aware of how I have to act. And I think looking back, I guess I really don't mind that, that double standard. Because I think it's made me better at what I do.
2: Well, and we were talking earlier that it's so much easier, and this is true in my life, I don't like that this is a a maxim of our profession, but it is easier to be advocating, be assertive when you're advocating on behalf of someone else. There are times where I am disappointed with how I advocated on my own behalf, but put me in a situation where I'm representing my client and I know my goal and the end game and I have no problem getting in there and getting done exactly what I think needs to be done.
0: I think sometimes with clients, I will say it's an interesting difference. I have clients sometimes that have said to me, this is not really recently, but in the past where they say, can you be tough enough? This is when I was younger. So I think it I think it has to do with age. I've gotten that recently. Yeah. yeah. And and gender. But can you be tough enough? And so then you're like, all right, well what do you, what do you want? And and you do have to play this game of who is my audience. So my client wants someone who is aggressive and will be fighting on their behalf and wants you to be a fighter and out there knocking people down. And so when I am in a conversation with a client and I'm describing what needs to be done or what I've been doing then I will use more flowery language about that. And sometimes I will curse selectively just <laughs> to prove the toughness or whatever they want to hear. You know, Again, know your audience. I see this a lot with male clients. They really enjoy almost the perception that I'm aggressively fighting on their behalf, a woman aggressively fighting on their behalf, which is true. That's what I do. But you don't have to do it in a way that is going to hurt your reputation with your colleagues or with the bench. You just have to know who you're talking to at any particular time. And that's what I say women – I don't know that men think about this. I don't know that men are like, I have to act one way in front of this male client, one way in front of this woman client, one way in front of this male judge, a different way in front of this woman – I don't know that that happens. I do it constantly. I'm constantly thinking about, okay, again, who is my audience? And sometimes you're not always sure. And so you have to be agile with how you're being perceived and what your language is and what your physical actions are. But again, some of it is so natural because we are natural caregivers. We are natural fighters. We are. And, just tell me who I need to be fighting for today. And it's not that I can't fight aggressively and, and assertively and all those things. I can, I just have to constantly think about where I am and who's watching me and how I'm going to be perceived. And I think that's different for men than it is for women.
1: I can jump in here too, Mary Timmerman. I just joined the podcast session. I was out talking with an expert
0: but this Doing is, her job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're just in here knocking it off.
1: as soon as I picked up that the topic that we're talking about is aggressive versus assertiveness and just how you're talking to people, the two things that immediately came to my mind was audience and gender. You just hit the nail on the head, Amy, when you were talking about knowing your audience. And I think that females, not only attorneys, but females in general, especially in professional positions that they hold are thinking about assertive versus aggressive constantly. And I mean, I just got off the phone with an expert who I speak differently with an expert versus how I am when I'm in a deposition. And it's a male expert and he just commented saying, you know, we're having a great, like nice conversation. And he said, and I know you've got some bite to you from <laughs> me, me and him being in a deposition before because if I'm in a deposition and most of the time it's male dominated rooms, most of the time I'm the youngest one by 20 years. Careful. And <laughs> hey, that's my experience so far. And I find that I have to be assertive early on in the deposition to let everybody know how I'm going to be throughout the process. And so um, you don't get pushed around. I mean, right. That's smart. And it's different. That tone is completely different than when I'm just talking to an expert and saying, hey, how's your day going before we start a conversation? And it's interesting to see not only an expert, and I'm not saying expert, just a person, mm-hmm. whoever this doctor was that I was talking with, having them note the difference in my tone, I think it. Highlights as how it's much, yeah. yes, and it and it highlights our need to do that. And it's it becomes evident when someone sees you in one situation and you're talking one way, and then you're in another situation and you change your tone. But I think that has so much to do with gender. Gender and audience is everything, it's all about aggressive versus assertive in your tone and knowing your audience and what are you trying to accomplish and being a female attorney versus being a male attorney and what what lines we know that we're walking on that are very thin lines that we're crossing. It's just day after day that plays a role, I feel like, in everything we do, especially in the courtroom, who the judges, who the other attorneys right. are. It's. I think we almost do it innately because we have to.
0: Well, and that's what I was kind of coming to a little while ago is it's a double standard and it's not fair and da-da-da, but – It has made me more aware of it and it's made me better, better at the game because you're always going to be better at something that you practice. And if we're constantly practicing, understanding our audience and being very agile between our personas, we're going to be better at it and see it coming and know how to deal with it.
2: Amy, you were talking earlier about having to maybe appear differently in front of your clients who want to, who need to know what you're capable of and representing them. This just happened two weeks ago. I haven't even told you guys this yet. You're going to love it. So a referring attorney wanted us to get involved in the case. And it was very important to him to kind of usher this client in and make sure that he was comfortable with getting the other firm involved, since he really had a lot of trust in the referring attorney. And so the client, this was our first meeting, from a rural area, a laborer. And it's a pretty severe product liability case. And so they come into the office and, you know, we're all saying hi. And the client looks at me. I mean, obviously he knew Erica Slater was a woman that he was coming to meet, but I could tell he might. Have had some reservations. And he comes in and he's like, Oh, you know, I'm just so happy to be here and be getting started because I want to kick their ass. And I said, Well, that's good because I'm a professional ass kicker. (laughs) And he you should have seen his eyes like blow up. And he he literally like was stunned and he was like, I've never heard a woman say that before. (laughs) And I was like, I bet you haven't, buddy. Let's go. You are his hero. And it started in that whole meeting started off on the right foot, and we got through everything I mean I was able to easily take over that meeting and get done what I needed to get done instead of the other attorney having to build us up or something like that so it was
0: well and it's so much the stereotypes are out there about female and women attorneys and but you're never sure which one your client has I mean is the stereotype that your client comes in with that you're the aggressive bitch or is it that you're the meek Person who can't fight with the big boys. And so it really is just a situation of explaining. And I always kind of fall back on I know what I'm doing. I absolutely know what I'm doing. And hopefully you can gain confidence in me because I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen and when and how and all those things. And hopefully you can come to the conclusion that I'm that I'm competent. I'm going to work hard for you. But in those situations, when you have an opportunity to have a breakthrough immediately, I mean, that guy's never going to not trust you, not have confidence in you. Oh, we have a great rapport. Yeah, right. Because number one, you're competent and trustworthy and all those things. But because you read the situation like nails. I mean, you read the situation and that's to Mary's point, which is we're constantly thinking about this and it is to our advantage to do that. Mm -hmm. And if we're the ones thinking about it constantly, then we're going to be better at it. We're just going to be better at it. So I appreciate the double standard. I appreciate that we've had to work hard all these years to not, or to, to fall against those uh, stereotypes.
2: Should we do takeaways?
0: sure all right my (laughs) (laughs) take
2: my takeaway from today is that you don't have to be worried about how you're going to react to something if you take the time to calm down and respond in the way that you had planned or if you plan plan ahead
0: my takeaway is I feel like this is my takeaway half the time trust yourself and whether it's the physical reaction you're having in, in a hostile situation or that you understand how to know your audience, just trust yourself and act on that instinct. Don't react on the instinct. Act on the instinct. I think my
1: takeaway is you get better at reading your audience with experience, So don't worry if a couple, it takes you a while to understand how to set the tone and to quickly set the tone, um, because that just comes with experience. Okay.
2: Thanks for joining us on Heels in the Courtroom. And if you have questions, suggestions, or topics that you'd like to hear from us, please email us at heelsinthecourtroom.law.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Heels in the Courtroom.
0: Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and subscribe today.